In the current times that we're facing, and probably throughout history, we've always had to talk about or at least address or acknowledge poverty. Some people say it's the fault of the poor. They didn't pull their bootstraps up or they weren't educated. And we live in a time where we can call the modernization that exists uh, an elevated uh, chance for everyone to make it, right? And so you've seen the introduction of artificial intelligence, or better known as AI. And with the current situation where we are, not to date ourselves, right, but we're dealing with a global pandemic, one on the level Maybe not of mortality, but on the level of concern of a pandemic 100 years ago. And so the question about the government's role in the protection of the people really matters. And the question about universal basic income comes up or UBI. And so I thought if you used artificial intelligence with universal basic income, could you address and fix the issues of poverty or does poverty always exist? Because we have to have that classification system in our society. So I decided to, to talk to my, my uh, local, so to speak, data scientist who works in AI and has a grasp on what artificial intelligence is doing and can do in the future, as well as an understanding about universal basic income and its scary uh, comparisons to socialism. So with all that being said, in a long intro, I asked Colin Perrin to help me today with this conversation about could we take artificial intelligence while implementing universal basic income and help the globe in general, and if we helped the globe in general, could we eliminate poverty? Well, you have to listen to the conversation to know what we came up with. And so with that, let's go. Uh, uh, start. So in five, four, three, two. And today on Voices, this is an episode that excites me specifically because of the place we are in the world. Uh, I try not to date the, the podcast that I do in the sense of the topics and the themes, but this one I wanted to focus on artificial intelligence and poverty in addition to the universal basic income and investigation. And so we're going to marry those two things together on how it maybe could end one and elevate others. And so joining me today is um, Colin, and I thank Colin so much. We've talked before, and Colin is a, a, is a smart guy. So uh, no person can introduce themselves like themselves. So Colin, thank you for being here, and I'll, I'll, I'll open the floor to you to introduce yourself. Sure. Um, so uh, again, my name's Colin Perron. Um, I, I've been in the data space for quite some time, and, and that's, that's related to AI because you need data in order to um, feed to artificial intelligence, right? So um, right now I am a, a data engineering manager for a publicly traded US company. 
But, um, you know, again, I've, I've been a data scientist, a data engineer, a data analyst, um, and really, you know, an AI uh, builder, uh, if you can put it that way. I suppose. It's <laughs> yeah. really what data scientists do. They build AI. So um, I've done those things. Um, and that's, uh, that's what uh, I guess it's a little bit of, uh, about myself and my expertise. Well, and I thank you because we've 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 spoken many many times, and uh, we, we we're all, all usually on the sort of same parallel sort of thought thread. It might not be the same thoughts, but the same sort of same train of thought. And so when this this idea came to me, because because I was looking at the world as it is now. And so many countries are doing some sort of dividend or monthly payment or some kind of payment to their citizens uh, because mm -hmm. of the situation we're in. And I thought about it. I'm like, well, that's cool. But then I, I think about the world and how it was already changing and how automat uh, um, artificial intelligence was really taking over and everything was sort of, sort of uh, being uh, changed in the, the form of how work is being completed. And then I thought about how does that connect to poverty? And so one of the things that I thought was so empowering is we have to find a way to find a solution to the, the problems that we've been ignoring. And all this pandemic did was put them in the forefront, in my opinion. Right. And, and so uh, just an opinion on that. So what do you think the pandemic has done sort of on those topics of artificial intelligence, poverty, and just the idea of basic income, just to kind of start? Wow. Well, that's a lot of subjects all at once, but right. I mean, I think for, if we, we take a step back to, to say, okay, the pandemic itself, what, it, what has that impacted? Um, absolutely. You know, when you look at the global economy, it, it impacted the global economy. It, it, it impacted how people interact with each other. And it, it actually highlighted the differences in, in culture and um, what cultures um, value individualism versus, uh, you know, working together, um, as well as, you know, which cultures really and which nations felt that it was necessary to invest in its people. Yeah, and you know, the thing that, that gets me, and I just wanted to kind of start with that because I wanted to connect it to where we were is uh, there's really a huge, like the cultural differences are really, really huge. And, and just across the world, but a thing that crossed my mind today was globalism is and has been taking over the world, but this pandemic kind of shut globalism down to a degree. It kind of stopped it and it made borders more hard, especially just looking at uh, some of the, the, the current news events of countries not allowing other people from other countries in. But let's let's focus specifically. I think, I think oh, it shifted it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. Shifted it to a different, you know, economy. We we already talked about like digitization right before, right? We've, we've talked about that before. Um, and and the we would you know it just shut down maybe the industrial the 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 final aspects of the industrial age. But if you think about it, it cultivated. It, it, it amplified the aspects of the information age, right? So if you were a business that, yes, that relied on physical things um, moving from country to country via globalization, 
then yeah, it's 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 gotten hard. There's a there's that basically it's it's stalled. But if you are a company that was globalized, but you're a software company, right? Anything it amplified your business. You you've got more business, and your business can still operate. Oh, absolutely. And and I was I was sort of talking about sort of in the old. I guess the older, the past regime of how globalization of the, the, you know, the hard goods, the physical goods moving back and forth and the people moving back and forth and right. also sort of the exchange of ideas. That's not, not to say it's slowed, but, but because there isn't that sort of person to person, skin to skin, that's sort of taken away. But I totally agree with what you're saying. So yeah. uh, with that, uh, just a, a quick brief thing uh, about AI. So, in, in your definition, what's AI and what's the sort of brief history, in your opinion, of what it is to where it is right now? So, you know, uh, and, and there are going to be a lot of de different definitions of what artificial intelligence really is. Um, ultimately, it's, it's the study of hmm, intelligent agents. And when it comes to software, right? Um, and, uh, and how it can perceive or sense its environment and adjust itself based on what it perceives in its environment, right? Um, think of a self-driving car, right? That it's uh, using multiple sensors, like its cameras, its, uh, its um, radio frequency sensors, um, and range sensors, right? There, uh, right, right. And, and taking those signals and responding to the environment around it. So that, that to me is AI. But, you know, AI can be something even micro, uh, you know, uh, much smaller um, from a business standpoint. It can be taking financial data and uh, responding to how you, let's say, let, let's say you're a small business and you have all your data in your point of sale system. And the goal of data is to predict what the cadence of sales are gonna be for the next month. So you can plan to, to buy more or less raw material goods, right? So that is still something that's responding, that is a system and could be a software system that's responding to the world around it, right? Right, right, right. Data sets. So, um, and so artificial intelligence, it's my understanding, um, you know, the, the actual term was coined, I think it was John McCarthy back in the 1950s, right? Um, Dartmouth College, a bunch of math nerds and computer scientists were supposed to get together for a workshop, maybe eight of them, but not, not all of them might have shown up. Um, and these guys specialize in, in, in intelligent machines, right? The cybernetics, all these other things. So I think John McCarthy just came up with the term artificial intelligence. So that way it was non-controversial among his colleagues <laughs> to come up with <laughs> some new term. Uh, but what's taken off about it is, you know, some specific businesses have found um, a lot of success with it. And uh, when that happens, and it happens over and over again, businesses tend to kind of um, hold on to it. They, they say, wow, that's, 
that's the, the new secret sauce. Um, it used to be, uh, you know, something, it used to be globalization, you know, Hey, if you can manufacture in, in another country for cheaper then you, you can, you know, you can leverage, uh, shipping lanes and, and, and you can arbitrage that, and that the sale of that AI is just, I think that that is why AI has gained in popularity. Um, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you would consider like algorithms, obviously, to know searches and stuff like that to be sort of on the, the, the total level of AI. But I mean, it obviously learns your Correct. behavior. Yeah, it does. And, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and goes from there, right? So that's why yeah. uh, if you sort of have a, a specific ideology and you go to a Google search, Google is putting what you want to see in front of you. Right, correct, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the same applies for social media. And so you, you made a mention about businesses a little bit here and a little bit in the past. So um, what industries, in, just in your opinion, would benefit or are benefiting the most right now? And which ones do you think could benefit more or even find an expansion beyond what they are right now if they implemented more AI? Well, actually, a lot of businesses, especially in successful, large and medium-sized businesses are already implementing it. And, and the industries are actually spanning quite, I mean, quite a bit of the global market, right? It's, it's um, basically at a state now where AI uh, solutions itself um, you know, reach kind of an annual trillion dollar revenue, uh, multi-trillion dollar um, revenue at the moment. So it's, it's already there. Um, and it's in places that you may not know is already there, right? Yeah, you alluded to search engines uh, where they try to predict um, what you're about to say um, when people think, oh, you know, this search engine is listening to me by, on my phone, it's, not, it's actually just figured you out. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's followed enough of your patterns that you are a predictable thing now. So that's, that's, um, and it's, it's actually not, um, it's not black magic, right? Um, it's just statistics. If you think about it, that's, that's really all, we can distill artificial intelligence as well as machine learning as the computational statistics of data and then changing the rules of the system based on the computational statistical results. You know, a funny thing that I saw, and not to cut you off, but I was re I saw an article yesterday. Maybe um, my phone was listening to me too, because I was talking to someone and I said, uh, I said something about math, because I've always liked math. And I said, my favorite math is statistics. And then probably a couple of hours later, I saw uh, an article, which I, don't, I didn't see you just creepy or anything like that, because it probably was something I was looking at anyways. But it saw yeah. that, that people were saying that statistics should be a requirement for school instead of algebra or other maths, which I, I yeah. actually am inclined to article, agree. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree with that because people don't understand statistics at all. They just kind of say things and they, they think people are shooting from the hip. And this is actually why, in my opinion, uh, people have struggles with businesses 
and they have struggles in general sort of academia because they miss statistics. So what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, and oh, and oh, I have so many opinions about this. I could go on for, for days. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I've read that article before, um, and I think that statistics should be the core mathematics that, that we teach first, um, because it's, it's, it's basic mathematics, right? Um, it really is. <laughs> right, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not even algebra. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's counting things and, and looking at trends. And um, yeah, unfortunately, there's a horrible book called How to Lie with Statistics. And, and I disagree with the, uh, the, the author um, because I don't think it is actually statistics. It's how to lie with graphs, right? Right. Oh, my God. How to, yes. <laughs> how to lie with numbers. Um, and that's not really, that's, that's, nothing, that's nothing new. Um, you, it's almost like, hey, well, let me write a book about how to lie with words. Does, is that, you know, now, now does that sound crazy to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. People lie with words. I mean, yeah, it's just people can lie with any com communication method, right? Um, if you zoom in close enough to a graph, you're still, you're not, you're not really doing statistics. You're, you're graphing and um, if you don't recognize that it's just a graph that doesn't account for multiple things, then yeah, it's not statistic. It's just graphing. Right. And, uh, but another thing is I know uh, I, I've seen a saying or something like that where you, if people say you can make statistics say anything. Well, you can make statistics say anything if you know how to control them. Exactly. <laughs> because it's, it's the bias in the data. So that was going to be another question that I had is that, how, how do you, you handle or what is the general idea of handling a bias in data uh, because that affects the AI? Because while it's, it's a, a computer and it's a program, uh, it, I don't, do, do, you th do you think it has bias or does it have, have bias based on uh, the data it's uh, accumulated? Yeah, absolutely. The data you collect will bias the um, the artificial intelligence or the machine learning, right? So um, that's, uh, that just means um, you either need to collect more diverse data um, or more data um, because ultimately that's, that's what you need. Um, from a statistics standpoint, there are ways to mitigate, you know, to, to measure when that when data is random um and when data is good enough to move forward with so there are tools in statistics to do that as well right so and there are tools in machine learning and a pardon me no, no, in ai to do to to um to also do that same thing and, and so you made a mention about the, and I asked about the businesses that are using it right now. And you, you said there's primarily, I mean, obviously other businesses use it, but there's primarily big businesses. And so the thought that came to me was, well, how does AI affect the small business entrepreneur? Because if you listen to statistics, most the, the, the biggest employer is the small businessman or small business person, the small Correct. business entrepreneur. So, mm -hmm. If big business is using AI, does that push the small, so sort of the small business entrepreneur out? And if it does, how does that trickle down sort of into employment? In your opinion? Not, not necessarily. I think um, it's, it's uh, a symbiotic, 
actually. Um, okay. You know, um, in some ways, big businesses need small businesses to help grow uh, the big businesses AI. Um, same, but at the same time, there are there are tools that are uh, readily accessible to the small business, right? Um, when when people say that I'm going to use, you know, let's say like Google Analytics or something like that, right? Um, there are uh, there there are AI tools that are already running in the background to help you optimize your small business via your marketing campaigns, right? Um, because uh, if you think about it, some of those big businesses want you, the small business, Google wants you to spend ad money on them, right? So if they can make it worth your while, you know, they may be calculating how to make it worth your while. So with that, like, how would you sort of account for the sort of the narrative? And I'm not saying it's true or not, but the narrative of like Amazon putting small businesses out of business. And obviously Amazon uses AI. So uh, what do you think could, could come from that? Well, I mean, I, I don't believe it's like a singular point, uh, you know, just a singular point. Um, businesses the business ecosystem's constantly shifting. There's always going to be new competitors in the market and there are always going to be better competitors that push other competitors out. Right. Um, even, you know, large, large corporations have fallen from small businesses that then turn into large corporations and yes, they can push um, other businesses out, but that's just the nature of business in general. That goes way back before AI or any of those other tools. Well, and, and, and I think that's a really good point because it just, I think a, a lot of times things are highlighted that may, may only be highlighted because the spotlight is on it, but they miss all the sort of the surrounding things. And so I, I started with all of that, the AI and those things specifically because I wanted to move to the, the community and the local business. Now, obviously, we, we mentioned how the pandemic has caused governments to make payments to people. And so it led me to think about, well, a, a lot of news stories are saying, well, why don't, why don't these countries start using universal basic income, right? I wrote a short article uh, about that on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. which just, it's, I mean, it was just sort of musings, right? But my question is, is that uh, how can we actually implement a universal basic income in a progressive way that continues to keep people motivated because there's this there's this general sense that the uni having a universal basic income will stifle motivation and innovation which i wholeheartedly disagree with right yeah i, I i'm in agreement with you on that one um I mean, and there's been experiments like this before, right? Like if, if you bought um, a certain dividend paying stock, right? Um, so it's paying you a dividend. You stop working. Well, me, no. <laughs> oh, okay. So why would that be different than for anyone else? Do you think that your neighbor's a little lazier than you? 
Now, for me, I'm going to say no, but I think the general consensus, and you alluded to it earlier, is there's a degree of selfishness of thinking that, and, and I would even say arrogance, that we're better than the other person, that no one works harder than me, which I, that's perspective, but I, I totally get where you're going on that. Right, yeah, exactly. There's been an, multiple experiments about this, you know, when, when people are, are said, you know, um, are told, you know what, what if I gave you X amount of money, um, you know, to, to pay maybe just your rent, right? Nothing else, you know, you still have to go do something for food. And, and if you really want to do, um, you want to live more lavishly than that, then you're going to have to, um, you, you're going to have to work. Right. Well, they stop working. Like that's, you know, have, have people now that some of these governments, you know, basically use their social, their, their economic safety net, have people stopped working? No, and I think it's because oh, okay. people, yeah. natu people naturally, I th it's human, in my opinion, it's human nature to work. This is, excuse me, this is why I actually, my mom has mentioned this before because my mom is uh, getting close to retirement. And for the longest, she was like, oh, I can't wait to retire. I can't wait to retire. And then I said, have you looked at the people who have focused on retirement and then they retire and they're bored out of their minds and they go back to work? It's not, it's, it's not human nature to do nothing. It's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a sense of purpose when you, you put in work. And, you know, even if it's... A, and usually when you retire, you get to pick what that is, which is kind of nice, right? Um, but but it, you're still probably gonna work. And um, a lot of people assume like there's, that's, that's the light of the, at the end of the tunnel, just aim at that retirement light. And then once you retire, you can do anything you want. But if you decided to just, you know, work where you wanna work, right? Choose the field that you're really passionate about and just start working there. You'll realize that you probably don't want to quit. <laughs> right. So um, even, if, even if you have the retirement paycheck coming in. And, and so in, in that case, for, for me, for, for example, uh, when people have asked me about retirement, I, I said I have zero plan to retire because my, my mind is always going, why would, why would I imagine myself stop working? But I understand that I am different and everyone's different than everyone, but I, I, I feel I'm generally different from the consensus. But the, the biggest, biggest issue that I think people tend to have is with the universal basic income is that it will be provided by the government and if it's provided by the government, which obviously gets its money from taxes, then isn't that socialism or communism? And that's the part that just, uh, I, I shake my head, I scratch my head a little bit because uh, the government is, I, I agree with certain points that the government is very inefficient at handling money. <laughs> very, very inefficient at it. Mm -hmm. And so how do you combat that of, okay, there's a justification for giving a universal basic income, but the government's going to give it to you. So well, at that point, two, where do you go? Well, there's two layers to that, right? Um, so there, layer number one is the assumption that there are, are, um, there are only the extremes, right? There is only socialism. There is only democracy. There is only, you know, um, 
pure capitalism. That's, that in my mind is a false narrative. And I think a lot of people um, like to buy into that narrative because it's simple, right? Uh, you, uh, it's so simple and, it, and it's too complex to think that, hey, wait, there's, there's a group of capitalists out there called conscious capitalism you know, that, that, that think about how, you know, their, how capitalism impacts uh, social good, right? So I believe there, there are things such as hybrids out there. Right. Um, so that's kind of layer number one. So I think I want to kind of dispel that thought that there's, oh, you know, if you can't pick one, then it's got to be the other, right? Like that's, yeah, that's, right. that doesn't ex exist in my mind, not in reality. Um, you know, if, if, if it's not white, then it must be black. But then there's, you know, a, 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 there's a, a ton of different colors, not, not just colors in the, radi uh, in, in the rainbow, but like there are gradients, right? Like there right. are <laughs> in between colors, even within that, 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 uh, that gradient. So I, um, I don't believe that it's mutually exclusive, that it's one or the other. Now, um, <clears throat> on the topic of the government, um, uh, you know, they, they get money through taxes, right? And uh, we know what they do, they spend, right? The, that's actually a pretty predictable thing to know. And knowing that they get money through taxes and they're going to spend it anyway, why don't we have it spend back to the people? Right. So instead of uh, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. We we've invested. We're shareholders in this government, right? You purchase right. a stock that happens to pay you back a dividend. You happen to pay into taxes that happens to pay you back. I mean, it's it doesn't seem that vastly, you know different to me no it doesn't and you know the thing is uh but with both you and i being veterans uh one of the ideas that came to my mind because in the in the write-up i wrote i didn't think about the military at the time my idea was why don't company if people are opposed to the government giving the money right so what what they should do in my opinion and, and again it's the feasibility and you have to crunch numbers but if the government, if a business willingly said, okay, well, we will provide X, Y, Z for our employees as a part of a benefits package, and then you don't tax us for doing that for the people, then, I, then doesn't that fit the whole sort of free market thing? So, in, in, and then I thought the military. So when I was in the military, the, the military paid for my housing, right? Or they gave you uh, a, a, an amount of money where you had the choice where you can stay on the installation or you can live where you wanted to. And so in my opinion, I'm like, okay, uh, they can build housing and they say, hey, you can live here and we'll give you the money to pay this or you don't pay for this at all. Or if you want to live somewhere nice or not nice, but somewhere else to your preference, to your choosing, then you take this money and then you apply it and plus your salary and you go wherever, right? And so I feel like that can make sense because then it would work. But then I think people are going to just say, oh, it's handouts. And it, but it's not a handout because you worked for it because the business has a profit motive. And if the business is making money, then in turn, they can pay. Right. So that was my idea. Yeah. So now, now kind of reinforces work. the idea of there, there's such a thing as hybrids, right? 
Um, there are hybrid models right. where, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not the government that's, that's paying, doing the payout. Maybe it's something else, but still the whole, it, it still reinforces the point that there's no such thing as a, a purist kind of solution. Um, and it, does, it doesn't have to be a purist solution. And I agree. And so with that, I think about this, right? So uh, because uh, having a universal basic income, people work at jobs they work at because they want to have somewhere to live. But if I didn't have to worry about where I lived, then I think my, my work would be different. And so I feel like that's something that's worth investigating at the minimum. But so I thought about poverty because uh, while I'm, I'm, I'm abroad for, for a temporary time uh, working, I look and I see, I see poverty where I am. I see, po I remember poverty in the United States. And I'm like, you know what? People use poverty to say, oh, this area is good or this area is bad. But if you eliminate specific basic needs, then doesn't that sort of change the behavior of the people in your opinion? What yeah. do you think? And so I feel like if I had, yes. a, if I knew I had a house that I could go to every night, then I'm not going to want to live on the street. I'm not going to want my neighborhood to look bad. I would assume that. I, I, am I stretching too far or am I too positive on humans? No, no. I mean, uh, there are studies that have done that and there are, there have been initiatives that have been successful that showed that, you know, when you, you uh, provide housing, sometimes it's actually cheaper. Right. And if our goal is that if we just look at the numbers, right. And we say, okay, well, the government's taking our tax dollars anyway. And then, you know, if they spend it, we want them to spend it wisely, right? Well, what if there is a program that shows that, hey, it reduced the amount of spending when it comes to um, policing, when it comes to um, mental health uh, issues, uh, even emergency care for the local hospitals, right? Um, just because we gave people housing, right? A lot of those, a lot of those things have to have already existed. We don't have to suppose what if it might work. It's worked. It's worked in a lot of different places. <laughs>